So here, so here we are. But this is turning into a good experience. Because we, I mean, it, it, looks, it looks more like an outpost anyway. But, but anyway, yeah, yeah. So, so welcome. My name is, is Nathaniel Johnson. I pastor the church. My wife, C, is, is, is right here. And uh, we're so glad that you're, you came now.
that you inhabit the praises of your people. We thank you for the tangible anointing this morning. Thank you, Father, for your presence among us, touching hearts, changing minds, changing lives, lifting us to a new place, helping us to walk closer to you, turning hearts into alignment with you, with your purpose, <clears throat> so we can flow in the grace of God. Thank you that in this world that we can live in a higher place and we don't have to get stuck in the down drag of, every, of the way that the whole rest of the world is going. Thank you that we can live in you, with you, through you, and for you. Yes. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, go ahead and have a seat. We're going to start out with the offering. And um, if you're new to us today, um, you probably don't know us well enough to, to uh, give or, or engage that, that way. And, and that's fine. Just sit back and relax and receive what God has for you today. I'm going to, we, we always teach just a little bit about the offering when we, when we receive it. And I'm going to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, where it says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might be rich. And uh, Jesus became a curse for us in, in more than one way so that we could have abundant life. You know, he said that I came that you might have life and have it more, have it more abundantly. And um, he, um, he redeemed us in, um, not, just, not just in our spirit so we can go to heaven when we die, but he also, he, he, redemption covers, covers the natural temporal life as well. Um, over in, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we see here that we can become a new, a new person in Christ. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things are passed away, all things are become new, and God made him, made Jesus, to be sin for us on the cross, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Over in so uh, he took the penalty of, of, uh, of sin. It was an exchange. He took the penalty of sin and the, the weight of the sin of the world on himself so that when we receive him in exchange, we can receive his righteousness. All right? He took our, our poverty and lack in every area so that, so that we can be abundantly supplied. And he also took our sickness over in Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. It says, when evening was come, they brought to him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word and healed all that were sick, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, himself took our infirmities, and bear our sicknesses. So 
that's the spiritual position that we that we have in Christ, and um, it's just as much a God-given right that we be blessed financially as it is that we be saved and healed. Um, of of the three, you know, healing or provision or salvation. Of the three, salvation is the most important, but. Um, we can, we can help others to be saved and healed and experience uh, the grace of, of God in all these areas. And these are tools to reach other people. If we're going to do the will of God for our life, we, we need a healthy body. And we need to be abundantly supplied. It takes, that, that, that's just what it takes in this, in this world. And all three are provided by the cross and received by faith in obedience to God's word. So... The way we, uh, we, we give here is a couple ways. During the next uh, song or, or music, uh, if you have a, a physical offering, you can come bring it and, and stick it in the box. Um, but there's no... Bree, is the box done yet? No, not yet? Oh, okay. All right, she's... This is, this, is, this is the temporary makeshift box. So, yeah. Yeah, it's, 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 it's made out of wood from the Mayflower. It's just really old. We're going we're gonna to get a better one. Um, so um, so if, if you have cash or a physical offering, you can put it in the box, but nobody judges anybody because we all know that we also give through our website. And our website is outpostchurch.life, L-I-F-E. And there we, there we go.
it? Yeah. Yeah, look at this. If we took this back to the library, do you think they'd notice? All right, we'll see how this works. Anyway, you can all be seated and um, thanks for coming. I, you know, when we, when we first, when God gave me the name uh, of, of our church, Outpost Church, he said that it, he, he reminded me of something my grandpa said. Many years ago, my, my grandpa was a Lutheran pastor, and he, he, he had a theme that and I, I heard him say it once, but my dad and my uncle heard him say it again and again and again, that every church should be an outpost of heaven. We represent God here in the earth. People should be able to find God when they come, come to us. They, they should be able to, to get a, a, a touch from heaven. And uh, that's... that's um, Every church should be an outpost of heaven. That's why we have it on the, on the website too. When I when we first started, one of um, I I would tell people about about our church, and they would say, "Well, what kind of a church are you?" And they want some kind of a label or a name or try to figure out what uh, what kind of box to put us in. And I'm like, "Lord, how do I answer that?" Um, and sometimes even if you say, oh, Pentecostal or charismatic or, or word of faith or something, they don't really know what that means either. Um, but God gave me a real good way to say that. And that was that, that um, well, we, we're a church that believes the word of God as it is written, which means we believe in absolute truth. And we believe in God's high and holy standard. But then at the same time, we don't, well, while we hold to absolute truth, we don't take that standard and bash you over the head if you're not living up to it. Which means we have to leave room for the grace of God. Okay? Because everyone's in a different place spiritually and, and you know, growing takes time naturally and spiritually where the, the, the more we grow, the closer we get to God, you know, the less mistakes we'll be making. And that's, uh, that's how it is. Um, so our, our statement of faith is on our, is on our website. Um, but we hold to the, to the Apostles' Creed as, as well. Um, just the way that, that I was brought up among the Lutherans. I found it very interesting that when when I when I stepped out of the Lutheran church and and my family was wonderful. They they were good folks that just raised me to love God and they weren't casual Christians. They were very very devout. But when I stepped out of the Lutheran church and just, you know, because God directed me and told me to go to a different church, um it was interesting. I'm going to a church with a different name over the door, but I only got closer to my grandfather's 
spiritually. Our relationship didn't get further apart. It actually got closer together. Was very, and they, 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 they were all preachers. My dad, both my grandpas, a couple uncles, they're all, all Lutheran, Lutheran preachers. So I was raised with, with good people. Um, but yeah, the Apostles' Creed. Um, today I want to talk about one, one item on our statement of faith. Um, and that's, um, <clears throat> that's a second experience beyond being born again. Um, you, you, you know that just going to, that just being a good person doesn't, doesn't get you to heaven. Um, any more than spending a night in a garage makes you a car. It, just modifying my behavior, you know, uh, we believe in the Ten Commandments and, you know, God's high and holy standard, okay, and I can look at that standard and I can do my very, very best in my, in my life to try to live up to it and try to, uh, you know, fix my behavior so I'm a really, really good person, but only modifying my behavior and becoming a very good, um, virtuous person doesn't get me to heaven. Being a good person will will buy me a really nice life here because, because you know, God has laws that function uh, in the world he, he created like sowing and reaping. Not karma. We don't believe in that. We're not into any weird Eastern stuff. But, but the Bible talks about sowing and reaping. And, uh, you know, so if you give to others, you know, it'll come back to you. If you're, if you're good to other people, They'll, they'll be good to you. Being a good person will, 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 get, will give you a good life here, but it still does nothing to change your heart. Only being born again by the blood of Jesus changes you on the inside. Um, so the, the real question is, is, are you saved? Are you born again? Jesus told Nicodemus in John chapter 3, unless a man is born again, he can't see the kingdom of God. And uh, this is uh, a word that Jesus used to describe a change that happens down in your heart when you choose to make Jesus your Lord. Not everybody just born into this world is automatically a child of God. We we come into the family of God by choice. And you know how the Bible says God is love? Well, love gives people a choice. It, when, when we truly love someone, there's no deception. There's no hiding anything. There, you, all your cards are, are face up on the table. Um, you, you let them know the, the, the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. There's no deception. God is light. In him is no darkness at all, no hiding, no, no um, scheming or, or manipulation ever. He's, he's, he's truth and light and, and, and love. And when you really love somebody, you let them choose. And if they don't choose as you desire, you let it be that way. And that's how, that, and that's how God is. So 
you know, for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, whoever chooses to believe in him, can have eternal life. And that's, that's, how, um, that's how we're saved. The, Paul says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It says if, in Romans 10, if you believe in your heart that, that Jesus rose from the dead and you confess with your mouth that he's Lord, you will be saved. And that's, that's how that works with, with the Lord. So beyond that, we have uh, another thing that I haven't even addressed yet in, since, we, since we started which is called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And um, in uh, Matthew chapter 3, John the Baptist came ahead of Jesus to, to prepare the people for, for Jesus' coming. And Matthew, Matthew 3, verse 11, he, the, John had a powerful preaching ministry. It was like his voice just was was so anointed it just it just it carried such weight and such authority and there was such an anointing on it that it would draw people out of all the cities to come and to, to come and hear him um, Matthew 3 verse 11 John says I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance he had a baptism of repentance but he that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Let me move down to verse 16. And Jesus came to where John was, and, uh, and John baptized him. And then we have the Spirit of God descending upon Jesus. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending on him like a dove. It's the, we have that also in um, Mark chapter 1. Straightway coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens opened and the Spirit, like a dove, descending upon him. So even Jesus, the perfect Holy Son of God, needed the Holy Spirit in order to fulfill his ministry. Um, let me... Um, let me back up to um, the book of Isaiah because this was prophesied way back there, Isaiah 28. It says, um, starting in verse 9, Whom shall he teach knowledge, and whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from milk and drawn from the breasts? Verse 10, For precept must be upon precept, Line upon line, line upon line, here a little and there a little. For with stammering lips and another tongue 
will he speak to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. But the word of the Lord was unto them, precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. It's talking about the, when, when we, um, when the, the, the Holy Spirit helping us to pray, and when we pray with the assistance of the Spirit of God, um, it, it opens our understanding to see things that we couldn't see before. Um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Starting in um, I'll start in verse six. It says, Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world for our glory which none of the princes of this world knew. For had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. When Jesus was, was uh, uh, arrested in custody and then taking all that abuse from the, from the high priest's place over to Pilate, over to Herod, back to Pilate, being scourged, being you know, forced to carry his own cross, he, he, was, he was bearing all of that for us in love, knowing that this was our only salvation. But the Bible says that in, in the Garden of Eden, an angel appeared to strengthen him. And, and uh, he, <clears throat> it was like, he he just he just kept on going and kept on going and kept on going, um, you know. On I can just see him on the way to the cross, going, "I'm going to blow this thing up all the way in headquarters." He he went to hell, you know, after hanging on the cross for six hours. He 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 went to hell, but he totally wiped out the devil. Um, he's so amazing. Verse 9, but as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But God has revealed them to us by his For the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. What man knows the things of a man save the spirit of the man that's in him? When your spirit is born again, by, by asking Jesus to, to come and, and be your Lord and Savior. When someone prays a prayer and asks Jesus to be their Savior, then it gives the Spirit of God permission to come on the inside and make that person regenerate their spirit, make it all totally brand new on the inside with 
check this out, a wireless connection <laughs> to God in heaven where, where once my spirit was chained and bound by default to darkness, all right, when I choose to make Jesus my Lord, that, that chain is slashed away and I get this wireless connection to God in heaven from my spirit so that when my body dies, my spirit goes up, not down. The Bible says to be present, to, the, the, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And that's true whether you're saved or whether you're lost. If you're lost, if, if you're lost and you get outside your body, it's a, it's a frightful thing. But you'd be present with the devil because he would be your spiritual master. All right? To be absent from the body when Jesus is my Lord, if I stepped outside my body, then I'm seeing angels, I'm seeing God, and I'm on my way to heaven. All right? So, uh, so if my spirit is connected to God in heaven, my body tips over, my spirit goes up, not down. Say, up is good. Down is bad. And that's where hell is, if you didn't know. Hell is in the center of the earth. It's a spiritual place, but, it, but you know, the, there's verses in the Old Testament. It says, hell, hell from beneath is moved to meet thee at thy coming. It stirs up the dead for thee. It's, uh, that's, that's actually where it's housed at this time. Um... Even so, the things of the Spirit of God knows no man but the Spirit of God. Now, we've not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things to spiritual this is not speaking in a language you know. This is speaking in tongues. This is a supernatural prayer language that, that um, is um, given to you when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit where uh, we can be so limited in how we pray just based on our understanding, you know, Okay, your friend George is having some trouble. All right, so we need to pray for George. Okay, God bless George. Sorry about George. God help him. Um, yeah, help him to do the right thing. Uh, help his wife to be nice to him. Uh, all right. I'm... In my own understanding, I'm done in about five minutes because I don't know how to pray for this man, okay? But with the assistance of the Spirit of God, I can start out praying the things that I understand about, about this situation, but then it's like shifting gears. I can shift into a higher gear, and um, right, Annabelle, shifting gears? Yeah? You, you know about this now, right? All right. Um, and I can shift into a higher gear, yield to the Holy Spirit, and, uh, and uh, use the, the, the prayer language that he's given me 
and then and then follow the Spirit of God in prayer, and he'll and and he can specifically address what's going on. And my mind is going, what, what, what? Uh, and it doesn't matter if I don't totally know or understand what we're praying. But the Bible says that when we when we when we pray in the Spirit, we're praying the perfect will of God about the matter. Now I close my Bible. Um, 1 Corinthians 2. So, and that's what this is talking about right here. It says, which things also we speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. The natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God, for their foolishness unto him, neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So, um, over in John chapter 20, when Jesus, um, after Jesus had, had risen from the dead, he said to his disciples, receive ye the Holy Spirit, and he breathed on them. And that's when their spirits were quickened and they, and they, and they were born again. But then he also told them to wait in the city of Jerusalem until they would receive the power from on high. And they weren't supposed to go out and preach or go anywhere or do anything until they had received this, this power. So let's, uh, let's follow that. Let's see how we are for time here. John, John 20, um, in verse... 21, Jesus said, Peace be unto you, as the Father has sent me, even so send I you. When he said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Ghost. Now, somebody that's born again has the, truly has the Spirit of God. Okay? Just like, um, it's just like um, a, a glass of water or a, a bottle of water. Um, there's water in the bottle, but it's not overflowing, all right? And I can have a measure of the Spirit of God, but that doesn't mean I'm full of the Spirit of God. Because Jesus said when you're full of the Spirit of God, out of your, out of your belly, out of your innermost being, would flow rivers of living water. That's where ministry comes from, okay? So, um, we'll go... Over to Acts chapter 1. In um, verse 4, Jesus is telling them, Wait for the promise of the Father, which you have heard from me, because John truly baptized you with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days from now. So these are two separate things. They get born again. And then later they, get, they receive the, the infilling or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they're like, Lord, are you going to restore the kingdom back to Israel now? And he says, uh, it's, it's not for you to know the times and seasons. These, these were guys that they were raised with the Old Testament. And the Old Testament has, has much to say about the coming kingdom when Jesus is going to return as king.
It, the Old Testament didn't say anything about the church age. It didn't say anything about the time that we live in right now. It was a, this, this church age is a period of time that was inserted right in between Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection and when he returns again. He says in verse 8, But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. So this, this power, um, speaking in tongues is like a benefit of it. It's, um, but, the, but the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is, is power to, to, to be a witness, to touch other lives with, the, with, with God. So there's one man that said, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit is like getting a new pair of shoes. The tongues come with them. They just do. They just do. What? You hadn't heard that before? Okay, that's good, isn't it? Because you wear boots. Yeah. Yeah, well, no. Is there... Okay, but if you were wearing shoes, all right. See, I didn't, I didn't, I, I didn't make it a, I didn't make it a boot analogy. I made it a shoe analogy. All right. Acts chapter two. Um, we'll read what happened uh, here to the early church. It says, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And these were the ones that God told them, wait, wait, stay together and wait, because the power is coming. There was 500 people he told that to. Only 120 were assembled at, at this time. And uh, suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And um, what verses do I want to go to here? Peter, uh, verse 14, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you, hearken to my words. These are not drunk as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, say, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams. And um, verse 21, it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This Jesus God has raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God and exalted and received, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this which you now see 
and here. He told him to repent, get baptized, be saved, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise, verse 39, is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God will call. So we can see, you know, this is how this is how the church started, and this is how the church is intended to continue and to be victorious. And I might have time for one or two more instances in the in the book of Acts here, where other people um, receive this blessing. Over in Acts chapter 10, God sent Peter to a Roman commander, a Gentile, named Cornelius, and and Peter showed up. He, they, they were they, they were divinely connected. It just it was supernatural how they got together. But they brought Peter in to to preach, and he start and he's preaching the gospel to him. And it says, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all of them that heard the word. They of the circumcision, that's the Jewish ones, which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. There was so much, um, God, God just blessed that, that meeting to where people got saved and then they just got baptized in the Holy Ghost, just like this. Over in Acts 19. Acts 19, beginning of the chapter. It came to pass that while Apollos, who was a, a teacher, was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coasts, came to Ephesus, finding certain disciples. He said to them, Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said unto him, We have not so much heard whether there be any Holy Ghost. And he said unto them, Unto what then were you baptized? They said, Into John's baptism. Then said Paul, John verily baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying unto the people that they should believe on him who should come after him, that is, Christ Jesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And when Paul laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. So, this is all, this is all for us. It's a, um, it's a free gift. It's part of our salvation package. There's, and there's, there's things that, that Jesus died and paid for. Um, we don't want to leave anything that he died and paid for that's part of, part of the benefits of our salvation, that's part of redemption, that's part of, of what we have in Christ. You don't want to leave any of that sitting on the table. We want to, we want to receive all of it. Okay? 
but then it takes, you know, first of all, you have to find out that these things are available. And, um, and it just, it, it takes teaching from the word of God to say, oh my goodness, to, to, to begin to believe that this is really a thing and that this is available for me, you know? Uh, and God doesn't force anybody into anything. Uh, there's, there's times when you, you might hear something, maybe you've never heard it before, and uh, you just, you're like, wow, okay. And you just need to hear more and hear more and hear more and until your faith grows in that area that you're like, okay, I'm good. This is, this is for me. And then you're ready to receive. So God doesn't force anyone into into he doesn't push anything off on anybody where was I going Luke 11 and I'll, I think I'll be done with this verse Luke 11 um, verses 10 through 13 verse 9 red letters and I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. <clears throat> For everyone that asks receives, and he that seeks finds, and to him that knocks it shall be opened. If a son shall ask bread of any of you that is a father, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give, will, will he for a fish give him a snake? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? No. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? All right, so we'll, we'll land with it right there. And um, if, um, if you need to be born again and know for sure that, that heaven would be your home if your life were required of you, you can come right on up here and I'll pray with you. And if you, um, or... Or if you uh, have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and want to receive it, um, that's available right now. The, the disciples had to wait 10 days for it. They called that tarrying. They, they had to wait around until the right time came because there's certain things on God's calendar that just have to happen right on schedule. Um, but not anymore. Once the, you know, Jesus returned to the Father. He said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit, once he was sent, he's available anytime for anybody. And um, so if you want to come up, we can, Jim will probably help me and, and we can pray for you to, uh, to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. It's, the, it's so cool. It's like your spirit now has a voice, has a language that you can, 
that, that, that you can just uh, pray in and, and exercise, you can start. And um, it's like taking, taking the clicker and turning the mute button off. There's, there's, there's ways, have you ever found in your heart where you might have so much thankfulness in your heart towards God and you're like, God, thank you, but there's, you, you, you hardly have enough words to express that. Well, when you receive a, a, a prayer language, then you do, then you can express that to God. Um, you know, so, yeah, go ahead. When I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, I sure didn't know what it was about. I, I was started going to prayer meetings when I was about 20 years old. I just got saved. I met up with these people who kind of put us together. People and with a bunch of people and uh, just, I, I was looking for a part-time job. You know, because I was, had a job, but I needed more money because we started having kids right away and stuff like that. And so I went to this farmer, and uh, I was going to work for him. And all we did was talk about the Lord and about his prayer meeting. They were Catholic folks, and uh, they started talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I got prayer for it, not knowing what it was about at all. And, but something changed. When I got that prayer, um, I, I I couldn't stop witnessing. I just couldn't stop. You know, there's a scripture that says, "Zeal for His house consumes Him," yeah. and that's what happened to me. I didn't. I had to have it explained to me afterwards that because I, mm -hmm. I I can explain it now, but I sure couldn't then. And uh, so I not afraid of it. I didn't know nothing. A dumber to stick. Yeah. You know, that's the way it was. But uh, God uh, did something in my heart, and he filled me with a spirit that I would be a witness for him. And uh, so it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Yeah. And I have, I want to say one word to that girl back there. Hi, Alex. What's your name again? Sarah? Sam. 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 I think the Lord is telling you to rise up, you know, into the place that God's calling you. Uh, I think you're going to have somewhat of a prophetic voice, is what I think. And what, I, what I'm hearing from the Lord, and I've been praying for you this week, and uh, I believe that God is going to wants you to rise up. Uh, don't don't be sh don't don't be scared. Don't be shy. And He's going to use you. You're a quiet, humble person like me. But anyway, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but God's gonna, he wants you to rise up. Oh, oh, woman of God, you are a woman of God. He wants you to rise up. Yeah, I can say this too, that if you, um, if you have received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and you, um, but you haven't been praying very much in the spirit and you just, you just want that stirred up, We'll lay hands on you, and um, we'll help you help you get started again. Um, so um, this is this is something that's for us. It's for today. You read our stuff. I, I have in there that every believer should maintain 
uh, a prayer life, praying in the natural, praying in their understanding, praying in the spirit. So anyway, if you want ministry like that, come on up and uh, we'll give it a moment. If you need to get saved, come on up. We're not embarrassed about that. It's happened to all of us. We have one more thing to do, and it's um, Holy Communion, and it's for everybody that's born again. Yeah. So, First Corinthians eleven. This is our memorial to the sacrifice of Jesus for us. So like I said, if you're saved, if you're born again, the, the Lord's table is, is for you. Why don't you come on up and, and receive the elements. And then you can return to your seats and we'll, we'll take this together.
Has everybody been served? The boys at the back. Got to get more for the brothers in the booth. All right. Praise God. Those are my boys back there, by the way. Verse 23, For I, I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup when he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament, New Covenant, in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he come. It says, you do show the Lord's death till he come. His death was our victory. That means we're supposed to live in victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil all the way till he comes. There's no such thing as being a, a loser or a doormat or, or just uh, hardly making it. We're supposed to show his death till he come. And that's what this is about. We thank you, Lord, that you are coming. Thank you for your victory over the enemy. Thank you that you've spiritually set us free to be children of God and to follow you. And I pray your keeping power over everyone here, that as we go out into our week, that you'd keep us by your power and by your grace. Thank you for protection, for strength, for prospering everyone here. Thank you that we have peace in this crazy mixed up world that only comes from you. And we just lift our hearts to you and we just worship you and thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you and we'll see you next Sunday. So join us, we have lunch right here. The first Sunday of every month we have lunch along with um, the, the Lord's table. So, so you all are dismissed and stay as long as you can in fellowship.